0: to Grizz and Steve's 90s Tuck Shop Time Machine. I'm Grizz. And I'm Steve. This time we'll be discussing a subject close to both of our hearts.
1: It's the first installment in a series of episodes on the short-lived, but arguably most important musical movement of the 90s, grunge.
0: First of all, I think you know we should probably start by saying that this is going to be the last episode for this series. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we will be back because there's Ooh. plenty more to discuss uh, about the '90s. We haven't covered everything just yet, but um, yeah. So that's, uh, that's that bit of admin out of the way. Um, now, grunge. So grunge is obviously is something that. There's a constant debate over. I think I, I've I've found that. I don't know about you.
1: Debate about what the uh, the term about
0: grunge. What grunge is? What bands yeah. grunge? Oh, you know yeah. what yeah. bands it's... aren't. Right. Yeah. So, just uh, just to give people, just in case, I don't know why you would be listening to this if you're not <laughs> a fan of grunge music, but you never know. Just to give people an idea of what we're discussing. I thought I might read out the uh, first paragraph from the grunge entry on Wikipedia.
1: Yeah. Nice.
0: So grunge, sometimes referred to as the Seattle Sound, is an alternative rock genre and subculture that emerged during the mid-1980s in the American Pacific Northwest state of Washington, particularly in Seattle and nearby towns. Grunge fuses elements of punk rock and heavy metal featuring the distorted electric guitar sound used in both genres, although some bands perform with more emphasis on one or the other. Like these genres, grunge typically uses electric guitar, bass guitar, drums and vocals. Grunge also incorporates influences from indie rock bands such as Sonic Youth. Lyrics are typically angst-filled and introspective, often addressing themes such as social alienation, self-doubt, abuse, neglect, betrayal, social and emotional isolation, psychological trauma, and a desire for freedom. Now, do you think that sums it up nicely there, Steve? I think it
1: definitely definitely sums up what grunge is, but I think... It's so much more than that. There's more to it than that, yeah. Because when I when people say to me, "Oh, you know," when I've said to people I listen to grunge music or or this, as you say the Seattle sound, I I often follow that up by saying it's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous music. Mm. And then you read a description like that, and you're like, "How could that be beautiful? How can that be? Like, how can it just sounds so heavy and so just so raw? And it is, but it it's." It, you know i think we're both i speak for both of us here it does something to our soul and and it's sort of it is beautiful it's so very heartfelt it's just it's very it sounds really cliche saying it very real but it but it is like you think about what came before you had hair metal mm-hmm. um you know you know that the big sort of um hairspray sort of mm. um like wearing sort of yeah. Motley Crue kind of bands and that, that yeah. just feels all so superficial and so on yeah. the surface and so fake and yeah, yeah you might have a little dance to it and sing along to it in like in a club or something but it's not something i think personally i would walk down the street or or would wind down to or or whatever but mm. but it's funny cuz when you describe grunge like that it just sounds so it just sounds so uh, just so heavy and just not kind of how i um, how I see grunge music.
0: If I agree. Um, I mean, you look at look at those words. It's all negative, isn't it? Social okay. alienation, self yeah. doubt, abuse, neglect, betrayal. Yeah. It's all negative words. But the yeah. funny thing about it, if you again, if you just said those words to somebody and said this is what grunge music is about, that that would be you know very off putting. I think if yeah. it 's somebody come into the genre without any previous experience of it hearing that description, they think, well, I don't know about that. But yeah. the thing is, I think it's, it speaks to me because although yes, the songs may be about those subjects, they are, it's almost like the, the bands are letting you know, you're not alone. You're not yeah. the only one dealing with these issues. Yeah you know, and there's a certain sort of community in that. Definitely.
1: No, I, I completely agree. It is. It does feel like a community. It feels like when, if you walk down the street or if you go to a gig and you see someone wearing, I don't know, an Alice in Chains t-shirt, you instant and you're wearing, I don't know, like a Temple of the Dog t-shirt or something, You just mm. there's an instant sort of connection. It's almost like you understand something. It's like you understand something that not everyone else does. Um, mm. That's kind of how it feels. It feels like that... That, 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 as you say, that community. Like You, you look at the lyrics of Nutshell, um, Alice in Chains' mm. song Nutshell, which I would say is one of my top five songs of all time. Mm.
2: Um,
1: and with Nutshell, you know, it's a very, it's a, the lyrics are, as, you know, it's sort of, yeah, the lyrics do fall into the category of what you just described, mm. you know. Um, but it's one of the most beautiful songs.
2: Mm-hmm. Because, oh, of the,
1: because of the music and Lane and Lane Staley's voice. It's just yeah, it's 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 haunting. And I think for me, when I think of grunge music, there is an element of haunting, or or or, or uh, like like a in 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 like you know. Obviously, I mean, we've lost so many grunge bloody yeah. heroes and icons. But mm. even when they were all alive and they were you know they were they were singing these songs like from from their soul, there mm. was just such an element of it, everything was just so hauntingly beautiful beautifully yep. bleak like it was just it was the two it was like this juxtaposition of just you know as you say like you know all these very sort of very heavy lyrics mixed with like the most beautiful guitar parts and and, and solos and, and and bass lines like the bass line on nutshell alone it's, it's just mm. and when it comes in it's just gorgeous isn't it
0: yeah it is yeah i love that bass line but um yeah exactly i mean the 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 band's that we're going to talk about in particular today are um, going to be Soundgarden, Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam. And there's a reason for that, which we will come to soon. But again, you know, when you listen to those bands and those singers in particular, and the, the, the songs that they, that they wrote at this time, they were writing about their experiences and it was real, which is what you said yeah. um, when, you know, when you compare it to the subjects of say, like you say, like uh, the, the bands that came just before with the hair yeah. metal and things like that, yeah. you know, this was m- much more gritty and, yeah. and real. And yeah. Yeah. So that it's
1: is, fun. yeah. It's like, it's, it's funny. Cause you say, cause like the bands before, you know, they, 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 they did the same drugs, they, they, mm-hmm. they drank the same amount mm-hmm. of alcohol and, and, and all of that stuff. with the, But it was just, just all of it just feels so different. It's kind of like, how do I describe it? It's like, it's like glam rock is so different to hair metal. Cause, like, do you know what it is? I think with grunge compared to hair metal, grunge has heart. It is yeah. full. It is full of heart. Hair metal. Yeah. Is, it's not heart. It's all on the bloody surface. You know, yeah. songs like Girls, Girls, Girls. You know, but then like when I when, the reason I just mentioned glam rock is because it's because with glam rock there's actually a whole lot of bloody heart in glam rock. Yeah, a whole yeah. lot of heart, and that's what and that's the difference between glam and and um, and hair metal. I mean, I I don't hate hair metal by any bloody means, but it's not. I don't I don't connect to it by in yeah. any kind of way. Um, even close to the way i connect to grunge music or or even glam for that matter but exactly but the thing is like you know i think the way obviously we can talk about this in a very sort of linear kind of fashion and you know start from the beginning and all and you know because i i love the story of sort of grunge as it were i Mm love i think it's like (laughs) it's one of my favorite stories absolutely Um, it's a beautiful story um filled with a lot of you know a lot of tragedy as well oh yeah but like just to sort of jump in and out of sort of scenarios and things and, and, and moments in the grunge kind of history. And, and you know, what, very quickly, just to touch on this, obviously what you just read out, it said it started in the mid 80s and it did start mm-hmm. in the mid 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, listeners who might not know too much about grunge music might think, well, why are you two talking about this? It's because mm-hmm. the, the, the bands that we're going to be discussing and grunge as kind of we know it blew up, as it were, in the 90s. The very yeah. very early nineties, nineteen, they But just thinking about talking about like you know these people having real problems and, and real like you know they weren't these sort of fake sort of um, plastic rock stars. They were they were real guys who were singing from their bloody from their gut from their soul. And one mm-hmm. thing that I always think of is when uh, Alice in Chains did their unplug unplug session,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you know that Lane Staley, the lead singer, you know that Lane was had been struggling for so many years with his um, with his drug addiction mm-hmm. and I think it was a lot of kind of talk about you know is he going to turn up or is, is he you know can he still sing and he rock and he, you know during the opening song nutshell you know the band will start to appear slowly one at a time because the song doesn't all yeah, start with right. everything yeah. so Jerry yeah. Cantrell comes in he starts playing the guitar beautiful guitar part then is it Sean Kenny comes in with the drums, I yeah. think the next, and then, you know, and then Mike comes in, and starts playing the bass and you can hear you, I mean, I've watched the DVD, you know, the, the, the live performance a number of times. Um, but when you, but even when you listen to it, you just hear the roar of the audience mm-hmm. when Lane walks in
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, he, and he walks in and you hear him roar. And I'm getting chills just thinking about it. And he sits down and if you watched a video of it, so if you haven't seen this, do go on YouTube and watch this. Um, and he he comes in, he sits down. He's got sunglasses on. He's mm. he's got he's wearing gloves on his hands. And mm. you know he looks pretty beaten up, to be honest. Someone who's definitely yeah. got a addiction doesn't look well. No, he doesn't. And he and he opens his voice and just sings the first line of Nutshell, and it is just stunning. It's haunting. It's stunning. It's flawless, and it is just so fucking real. It's from from it's from the depths of his soul, and. Mm. It's like what I'm watching, what I'm seeing, married to what I'm hearing, that's grunge. For me, that is grunge.
0: Yeah. Well, um, it's funny, you know, you brought up Laney Staley there, and I think Laney Staley is someone who probably typifies, although, you know, automatically when you think of grunge, you think of Kurt Cobain and Nirvana, Yeah. you know. Yeah, Laney Staley is that sort of uh, stereotype of, uh, of a grunge uh, band member, Epitomizes, I think. does doesn't he? Epitomizes yeah, he, exactly. That's it, exactly. And um, just today I was listening to um, Wake Up um, oh, from the Mad Season yeah, album. It. And now that song... I think that might be my favourite Laney Staley song, to be honest. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's a bit of a big claim considering all the Alice in Chains stuff.
2: Yeah.
0: But um, it's just, I don't know, there's something about it. I mean, yeah. you listen to, obviously, his voice is just so unique. It is. And, um, and every song that he sings, because of the tone of his voice and everything, I don't know, it gives it, it gives it a, a different feeling that that he's really singing these words, you know, that he means the words that he's singing. That he and, sing those words, yeah, and and wake up. I think the lyrics to that, you know, you, you listen to it and you can tell that he's like saying it to himself. Yeah, but it's one of those sort of songs that you can connect to yourself. Although my experience you know, growing up has obviously not been anywhere near Laney Staley's experience it's very, you know, very grown up in very different ways. Yeah. But I can relate those words to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And that's what I love about grunge music is, is yeah. that you can connect to it in, yeah. in different ways as well.
1: Yeah. It's like, uh, I, I, I find that with, with the song, um, Elderly Woman by Pearl Jam. Mm. I just think it's the most beautiful song. Um, and the lyrics, I always, and the lyrics, as I've gotten older, the lyrics have I've found new meaning. And I think I find that with a lot of, a lot of songs in general, but especially a lot of grunge songs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, exactly as you were saying, like with his voice, with Lane's voice on, um, you know, with his voice on, um, on, on like, you know, all those big fucking Alice in Chains Mm. Songs like you know, like you know, dem bones and yeah and 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 wood and damn yeah, that river. yeah, damn that I think it, yeah, yeah, damn that river. Like he's big, he's just he's like like fucking hell, like his voice just just bleeds. It just it just can it just wails. He can he can reach so many sort of like like Cornell really, like reach all these big mm. notes and he just bouts these songs out and everything. But with Wake Up. It's so stripped back. It's so raw. Yeah. It's so it, you can't really hide. And that I think I agree. I think that's why it's such a gorgeous song. And it's so haunting. In fact, that whole Mad Season album is just...
0: Oh, it's, it's fantastic.
1: Just, just haunting. Um, I'm, I'm kind of in two minds with this podcast. Whether you and I just talk as we would, as we have done on <laughs> other podcasts, um, or we explain who these bands are, or we explain who these... These people are, and I kind of feel like we should just talk. And if something, we can do a bit of both. We can do 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 a bit of both. both. It's fine. It's finding that balance. Um, Mm. You know, sort of going into who Mad Season are and and all and all of that, Um, which I'm I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll get into. Um, Yeah. But I kind of, I just. I mean, when you and me, can, that's why we're doing this in two parts, because we could talk about this for hours.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like I think,
1: there'll, made, I, I think there'll be
0: more than two parts to be honest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we haven't even started. I feel like we're still in the intro. Um, yeah,
0: well, exactly. Yeah, I, think I feel the same. But, uh, this, but I mean, we said that, you know, this particular episode will be about... Soundgarden, Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam and maybe we should just explain why yeah. we've chosen those three because I'm sure there'll be a lot of people listening to this and they'll see the title of the episode and they'll think Ooh, how is Nirvana <laughs> 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 how is Nirvana not involved in this and there is a reason as I, as I said um, why we've chosen these three bands in particular well, and...
1: the best grunge band <laughs> 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 no no we will, we will get onto Nirvana
0: we will get onto Nirvana, of course, but um, but yeah, these three bands um, in particular, I mean, other than Nirvana, of course, they're the three most successful bands to come out of the, yeah. the movement, if there was a movement, you know, yeah. if you want to get into all that, yeah, but yeah, also yeah. because of the relationship that the band members had yeah. um, together, obviously, um they were very they were they were exactly yeah i mean we we spoke a minute ago about how the movement has its roots in the 80s yeah um and Soundgarden, of course were formed in 84 alice in chains in 87 obviously pearl jam came a, a bit after in yeah. uh, 1990 but um it's funny because i was thinking to myself earlier um you know just calling this episode the holy trinity and <laughs> There is something a bit biblical about about the yeah. birth of grunge, because yeah. when you think of that, that, is it in a Genesis, right at the beginning of the Bible, where it's so-and-so begat so-and-so, and so-and-so begat so-and-so. And it's a bit like that with yeah. grunge, it's like malfunction and green river begat yep. mother love bone, and mother yep. love bone begat... Yep. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true.
1: And mud honey and Evergreen, yeah. It's so true. Well, so... Which oh, well, you know what? very quickly, like, talking about Nevada, it's so funny, because when I do say, to, if when people do ask, you know, what kind of music do you listen to? And I say grunge, and they say grunge, oh, you, oh, you like Nirvana? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And I do like Nirvana, of course oh, I like yeah. Nirvana, who doesn't like bloody Nirvana? Yeah. But for me personally, and we will get onto this, they're not my favourite grunge band, like, no. by any means, like, for, to be honest, they're probably my least favourite grunge band. Mm. And I can and, you know there's probably a bunch of people right now going no no you're wrong dickhead mm-hmm. um <laughs> no i'm not <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they're right that you're a dickhead
1: that yes yes they are. that bit is uh, true that bit is true <laughs> but like you know but this is it and i I completely agree this is why we chose to speak about these three bands because they are they're so they're just just they're, they're, they're so um interwoven like their story and their mm-hmm. history and just and all of that it's like when you watch the Pearl Jam 20 documentary you know it's mm-hmm. you know it's funny you say it's very biblical because that's kind of how I, you know how people say oh the you know what, what's the greatest story ever told oh it's the birth of Jesus <laughs> no it's not it's the birth of grunge uh, <laughs> and I feel like Pearl Jam 20 um, the documentary really serves that it really tells that story really really well and it does. I kind of like I've shown it to a few people Because I'm like, even if you don't know grunge or you don't like the music or whatever, I think you'd appreciate the story. You'd appreciate where it all started, how it all started. Um, Hmm. And um, is it Julie Andrews that says, where's the best place to start? The beginning?
0: Uh, i have to take your word for that, but it sounds about right.
1: Um, So why don't we do that? Why don't we start and talk about, I suppose, the history of grunge? Because if we we are going to kind of get into it, obviously we're going to talk our own personal opinions of what we what we like what we dislike you know our favorite songs favorite bands um but let, let i think maybe we start you know because i think a lot of well we'll get into it but some of these bands wouldn't exist if it wasn't for what what had kind of happened the events of you know the, the the grunge movement as it were
0: yeah absolutely and i mean uh, this is another thing that again is is um you know that you can you can argue about it um yeah. because there are bands like Malfunction and yeah. Mother Love Bone and Green River and and yeah. bands like that who were obviously the the precursors to um, the bands that we eventually got in in sort of the mainstream yeah in Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Nirvana and there were there were bands that certain bands influenced certain bands and not others. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, like yeah. for example, uh, I'm pretty sure um, one of Kurt Cobain's big influences was uh, the Melvins. Yeah. 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 And yeah. you know, you can see that that's a, there's sort of branches, aren't there? So they you've are. got like Nirvana and Mudhoney that are sort of a bit more punky. Yeah. And then you've got, Soundgarden and Alice in Chains and bands yeah. like that that are much more sort of leaning towards metal yeah. rather than yeah, yeah. punk, you know. So it is a difficult one to, to define yeah. and some people will say there's no such thing as grunge, you know.
1: Well, a lot uh, of the bands would say that. A lot of the bands didn't yeah. like the word grunge because the thing with the word grunge got capitalised, didn't it? It was like yeah. everyone was using it. Fucking Mark Jacobs used the grunge sort of... Um, Outf- uh, what's the outfit the grunge kind of look for his catwalk you know mm. was it 95 96 whatever it was catwalk and it's like oh this mm. this is grunge yeah. and, and the bands themselves didn't like it and out of respect for the bands you and i say grunge could we know because we kind of like because it's just an, it's just easy for us to say but yeah. it's funny i actually feel sometimes disrespectful saying grunge because i know yeah, how much exactly. they didn't like like it they didn't yeah. like that term so if i say it sometimes i'll just say the seattle sound or or, the, or, or I, if someone isn't quite sure of that sort of music i'll just say i like music from seattle in the uh, in the late 80s early 90s yeah because as soon as you say grunge as well instantly people think people people go oh what limp Bizkit? what corn
2: (laughs) no no."
1: No. and i remember because you know what i love one of our friends our friend dennis like he kind of he really understood grunge because of us because because we were so into it not that he ever really got into it um but bless him like he fucking like he tried he he fucking tried like you know (laughs) he he really did like he'd come to to rock clubs with us and stuff like that yeah i remember he said that i remember he said how was it someone was talking about oh yeah i used to be a grunger or something he was like you didn't like you, you weren't a grunger you didn't like, <laughs> like, Alice in Chains. You didn't like yeah Larkin. you didn't like yeah Pearl Jam. And like, well i like you know i like pod i like
0: yeah exactly <laughs> I, yeah i
1: like i like fucking Nickelback and he's like it just no.
0: became like a a term for people yeah. that dressed a certain way grunge. or looked a certain way exactly. yeah and so when exactly. I when
1: I used to say I like grunge people instantly assume I like Slipknot I'm like no that's not <laughs> fucking grunge that is not grunge but I and,
0: do like Slipknot but yeah, yeah exactly there's nothing wrong with <laughs> Slipknot
1: but that's not what I'm talking about um but yeah because I remember like I was at Dennis's house once and he was you know, it's that, it's that brilliant meme where it says, you can't sing Alison Chains without impersonating Lane Staley. Lane
0: Staley yeah. And I think
1: that we were just sort of sitting there doing impressions of him singing nutshell or something.
0: <laughs>
1: um, yeah. And what is, what I find really great about, gr- we're going to, we're just going to call it grunge. What I, what I, what I, what I love about it is um, how people, like I say, people have an idea about it and then you play them some, you play them some songs yeah. and then they go, Oh, I really like this. Hmm. Like my mum used to love Nutshell, like you know, and, yeah. and, and some of Pearl Jam. Um, yeah. I think I remember you telling me that your mum was singing Last Kiss" or something. Or, That's you know, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Like it's it's so when you actually a friend of mine, Harry, messaged me re, um, recently and said to me because he, he likes hip hop, he can't understand why I don't like hip hop. I don't dislike mm. hip hop; it's just not my kind of music. Yeah. It's just I just I just it, I don't relate to I don't um it doesn't speak to me. It, I, just, yeah. I, just, I just I just don't. Um. But he said to me, come on in, you know, give me 20 accessible grunge songs for me to get into it. And I was like, yes. So straight away, <laughs> got into my notes, wrote down 20 songs, sent it to him. Um, and he started listening to it. And, he said, he, and he, said, he said, it's not really my kind of music. He said, mm. I can see why you like it. Um, mm. And he said, it's very you. And I think okay. that's what it comes down to. When it comes to this sort of kind of music, I feel like it's very us. Yeah. And, it more than just the fact that it might be loud guitars or it might be, you know, the, the, the way they sing or something. There's just mm. something in the music, the way it's all pieced together, the way it all comes together that just, you know, that when people say, you know, certain band or sort of music speaks to me, it yeah. just does. It just does. And I find when I listen to it, you know, when people say, you know, complete cliche, oh, music saved me or music, music, music calms me, music does this to me. I honestly feel that when I'm, I love it anyway, but when I'm feeling completely out of sorts and out of whack, if I listen to grunge music, it grounds me, it completely grounds me and brings me back to me. And that sounds yeah. really cheesy, but but it does. That's just what it does.
0: I agree. Um, it's, it's my go-to, yeah. you know, for lots of different times, not, not just when I'm feeling depressed or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's my go-to genre. And again, you know, you can argue about the genre. We'll just use it as a as a sort of coverall term for these particular bands, yeah. you know, that you can't necessarily pigeonhole anywhere else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, funnily enough, in particular, um, as I've got an older, Soundgarden have sort of more had taken over a bit more than the rest. Whereas when I was younger it would have been Nirvana and Pearl Jam. But yeah. I found myself leaning more towards Soundgarden as I get older. I'm not yeah. sure why that is really. Yeah, yeah. But um but funnily enough um in the build up to this episode, because I think we've both been quite excited to do this <laughs> episode. <laughs>
1: Let's be fair this 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 episode is the reason we started the podcast <laughs> it is really
0: and funnily enough you know it should have been based on that it should have been our first episode but i think mean, we were both too sort of nervous to talk yeah. about it yeah because yeah. It, it does it mean so up. much to us yeah. yeah um but funnily enough yeah in the build-up to this episode i found myself listening to rather than soundgarden and alice in chains and pearl jam i found myself listening to um temple of the dog oh, and man. mad season and yeah. uh, mother lovebone more than yeah. more than the other three
1: i mean is... yeah i mean those i mean those three bands i mean i mean we could do a whole episode on those three
0: yeah really. oh easily yeah but
1: i think the reason we talk about those is because for anyone that doesn't know those well, the first, so Temple of the Dog and Mad Season are super groups featuring mm. members of Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. Um, I mean, Temple of the Dog was pre Pearl Jam, wasn't it? It was that sort of, yeah. you know. Um, so, Temple of the Dog, for anyone who doesn't know, is a band um, featuring Chris Cornell on vocals and the rest of the members of Pearl Jam as, yeah. as the band. Now Pearl Jam had only just started at this point and Eddie Eddie Vedder had only just started singing with the band. Um, But Chris Cornell wrote these songs as a tribute to Andrew Wood, his Mm -hmm. best mate, flatmate, and the lead singer of Mother Love Bone, who passed away um, from a heroin overdose. Mm. Now, we spoke about this recently, didn't we? We were texting recently. That's right, yeah. If Mother Love Bone, if if Andrew Wood hadn't uh, died Mm. We definitely wouldn't have Temple of the Dog because those songs were written as a tribute to Andy Wood. Exactly, yeah. Um, And we definitely would not have had... We definitely would not have Pearl Jam.
0: Exactly. Pearl Jam wouldn't exist. And it's, you know, it's so strange looking back on it now because, you know, obviously Pearl Jam, I mean, incredibly successful, incredibly Mm -hmm. successful band. I mean, I was just looking up earlier some of the... Some of the... um, (laughs) facts some of the details about them and uh, apparently 10 stayed on the billboard 200 chart for nearly five years wow. and has gone on to become one of the highest selling rock records ever going wow. 13 times platinum in the united states um versus sold over nine hundred and fifty thousand copies in its first week of release um vitalogy in 94 became the second fastest selling cd in history at the time with more than 877,000 units sold in its first week so i mean incredibly successful band which is ironic really considering that they they would you know they shunned a lot of the um yeah
1: like the media uh, yeah
0: exactly they they didn't like making um Music videos and yeah. wouldn't participate in interviews, and obviously there's the the famous business with Ticketmaster,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: uh, and things like that. But um, yeah, so obviously incredibly successful band, but to think they would never have yeah. been formed if it wasn't for Andrew Wood's uh, death, yeah. which is obviously terribly sad, yeah. and but it, it, it's just one of those slide indoors moments isn't it, it that, is. that you think if Andrew Wood had, had survived what could mother lovebone have gone on to be as well because they were i mean they were obviously you know very highly thought of oh, um yeah. you know polygram um created the star dog label specifically for them yeah you know and uh, so it, it, you know, and obviously, Andrew Wood had this incredible charisma and rapport with fans and things like that. And, it, you know, he that was what he wanted to do. He loved it. He was an entertainer. I, I can't remember who it was now, but somebody um, described him as the only front man and stand up comedian. Yeah. So, you know, it yeah, just goes yeah, to yeah. show you the, the, the sort of entertainer he was. Very different to Eddie Vedder, by the way, in that respect.
1: Oh, complete, I mean, and this is it complete opposite, because Eddie's. Just had a different. I mean, Eddie. Eddie early early nineties. Eddie is very different to Eddie we have now, mm. you know. Um, but just very, very different. Different as you you said it to me actually. You said just a completely. You know, Eddie has his own, um, you know, enchantment. He has his own sort of charisma mm. and everything. But Andrew Wood was more of a. He was more of a showman, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, mean, I mean, Eddie definitely. I mean, we've seen Pearl Jam a couple of times, and fucking, mm. hell, they play for three hours at a time, and Eddie can really fucking. He, he can. He delivers. He really, yeah, oh yeah, but uh, in a
0: very different way.
1: In a different way, yeah. Andrew Wood, kind of, it's funny because Mother Love Bone, kind of, visually they looked a bit like the hair metal bands, yeah, but the music had a lot of heart, and I think that's down to, as well, um, Stone and Jeff, who went on to be in Pearl Jam and Temple of the Dog, but Stone and Jeff, the guitarist and bassist of Mother Love Bone, um, I mean, like songs like Stargazer, yeah. Kind of, Beatles, the just, yeah. just like they're beautiful, beautiful songs, and Andrew Wood's voice was 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 stunning. I remember watching. I think it was in the Pearl Jam documentary PJ20. Um, I think I think Cornell says it. Chris Cornell says it, where he says he was just this beacon. He was just this. We all wanted to be around him. We all wanted. Yeah. To, we were like, I want to, I want to be with that guy. Mm. And That's what Andrew Wood. He had, as you say, he had that charisma. And when yeah. you watch videos and you hear songs, you're like, wow, and you wonder what they could have been. Yeah. As we say, if he hadn't died, we wouldn't have had Temple of the Dog. We wouldn't have had Pearl Jam. Now that's that's a big thing to say, but when you actually break it down, it's it's if if Andrew Wood hadn't died, we wouldn't have the song Black, even, Yeah, Alive. We wouldn't exactly. have exactly yeah, Jeremy. Say hello to heaven. We wouldn't have Thanks. those, and like more than just the band those songs we those songs wouldn't exist in an alternate in an alternative universe, an alternate universe somewhere, those songs don't exist.
0: Yeah, yeah. Incredible. It's incredible to think. And just going back to what you were saying about um Mother Love Mother Love. <laughs> mother Love Bones songs. Yeah. Um I think what's in it Andrew Wood, I might be getting mixed up here, but who who term who coined the term uh, love rock I think he wanted it to be something you know because obviously he died in you know before grunge in inverted commas blew up you know so um, he you know he didn't see what became of like the Seattle scene and the Seattle sound uh, which is incredibly tragic you know considering the type of person he was i mean he died days before the the um scheduled release of apple yeah um and i think it may have been delayed after that um yeah. but it obviously it was eventually um released later that year yeah and to think that um you know that, that they were just days away from from that yeah yeah, it, it's it blows your mind it's, to I think mean, of it. it.
1: I don't want to say you know everything happens for a reason and all stuff like that because when there's tragedy, you can't see any reason in it. You're like, what is the reason yeah. this? this person's died? This person is not here. Mm. Um, but it really is that kind of you know Temple of the Dog, which is the supergroup of you know it's Chris Cornell's sort of um, creation, really Chris Cornell singing with the Pearl Jam band members. Um, It's one of my favourite albums of all time. Yeah. It is one of my absolute favourite albums of all time. It is just flawless. There is not a bad song on there. It's just, it's stunning. And when they were, before Chris Cornell passed away and they were doing the Temple of the Dog gigs, like finally 20 or, you know, what was it? 15 years later, 16 years later, they were doing the gig, the the, the Temple of the Dog gigs. It was like, wow, this is going to be unbelievable. This is going to be huge. Mm. Um, And you know we've only got one album. We've only got one Temple of the Dog album, and that's it. Um, I'm so grateful. I I think you know if you're going to talk, if if someone said to me what is grunge, I actually would give them probably just the Temple of the Dog album
0: because I think that
1: really, I think that album really sums up not so much what grunge is, but how I see grunge, how I relate to grunge.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see what you mean there. Definitely.
1: This is the album. If, If you want one album that epitomizes grunge it's this. And if you want one sort of one song or maybe two songs, hunger strike and say hello to heaven.
0: Oh yeah. 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 I listened to those two earlier, funnily enough. Yeah. I mean, but it is still frustrating that, you know, you're saying we've only got the one temple of the dog album. Well, mother love bone. We've only got apple and and shine, which was an EP. Yeah, That's that, you know, and there was no, not even any possibility of there being any further releases certainly not with andrew wood anyway obviously yeah you know they they went on to form pearl jam like you say yeah um but it is it's um it's a frustrating thought you know you, you sit and wonder what What would they have gone on to be what what amazing songs they could have written you know we were talking about this as you say the other day and i compared it to um hillel slovak when hillel died which was around about the same time actually Uh, in my i can't remember what year he died that might have been 89 but um and obviously you know if hillel slovak hadn't died John Frusciante doesn't join the Chili Peppers and yeah. we don't have Under the Bridge you yeah. know, we don't have that whole Blood Sugar Sex Magic album and Californication and everything yeah. that came after you know, it's just but on the other hand what would we have had?
1: Yeah, It's true, it's, I mean, this we, we, we is what we said didn't we, we said God, in an alternate universe right now, Kurt Cobain's still alive he's just released his yep. latest solo album the Foo Fighters don't exist <laughs> or maybe they didn't exactly. <laughs> well, yeah it, it is. It's all that, that kind of like, as you say, that sliding doors thing, which, you know, we all kind of do in our own lives, but you know, we, we definitely do it with this kind of music because it, you know, it's funny because like with Pearl Jam, there was so much animosity towards Pearl Jam in a way because they felt like out of the blue, they just came out of nowhere mm. and just became really famous. Mm. But We forget. No, no, no. Pearl Jam. Uh, yeah. Okay. Eddie might be the front, the front man. And you kind of see it as Eddie's band. But in the, it, when it first started, it wasn't. It was Jeff and Stone's band. And Jeff and Stone had been in Mother Love Bone. They'd been in Green River. They'd been in... Exactly. Band. They'd been working... You know, everyone knew who they were. They were in Temple exactly. of the Dog. They,
0: they, they didn't just suddenly pop up and no. and piggy piggyback on the success of Nirvana. And it's, not that's in, not the case.
1: No, not in any way at all. Like, those songs, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a huge Eddie, Vedder, Eddie Vedder fan. But Eddie... I'm not saying he just put the vocals to him because my God, what he did to the to those songs mm. is, is incredible. Mm. But those songs, were, a lot of those songs were written before him, not not, yeah. not so much the maybe not the actual, um, not 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 the um, the vocals. Yeah, but you know, sure. when he got sent a tape, he got sent a tape, didn't he? Was it Jack Irons? That's right. The tape. I think uh, so. Yeah. Saying you know, there's a band in Seattle. They're looking for a new new lead singer, and it was the music of I think it was Alive, um, or actually might have been Alive. It was it was it was, it was oh what was it? I think it might have been alive, or it
0: might have been ocean. Might be right, yeah.
1: Yeah, but he sent, you know, he sent back vocals, and it was, you know, incredible. Um, actually, I think it was footsteps. Actually, um, but either way, those songs were kind of being made. They were being, you know, they were they were coming together through Matt and, um, sorry, Jeff and Stone. So, this is why yeah. when we say it's all kind of into, you know, this why it's all kind of it's all interwoven because it kind of is like they all what i love so much about the grunge movement and especially these three bands and and the bands that kind of surround it temple of the dog mad season um mother love bone is exactly what you said before that word community mm. and it really is you feel like these guys and they did they genuinely loved each other they were brothers they were brothers yeah, yeah. And they they, said, they used to
0: wear each other's t-shirts on stage and things yeah. like that, which is, you know, I mean, what a contrast to to the episode we did on Oasis versus Blur, you know?
1: Oh, like just yeah, complete opposite. You know, that's all about you know sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and and kind of an ego and and, yep. and being number one competition, like, yeah, competition,
0: you know.
1: being number one. Right. As yeah. you say, like you know, you've seen these beautiful, these fantastic photos of like Soundgarden and Chris Cornell is wearing a Pearl Jam
0: t-shirt. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I that's fucking it. love that. I absolutely love everything about that and I love how these bands just supported each other and lifted each other up and you yeah. know, this band went on tour with that band and this band supported this band Jerry Cantrell and Eddie Vedder lived in a basement together
0: like things like that I just I just I love it I fuck I can't get enough of it I think it's just Chris Cornell and ridiculous. Andrew Wood living together you know it, yeah. and and you know I think that's that's a uh, something that draws us to it particularly as well yeah. is that we look at that and that that moment in time, you know, from from the mid eighties to yeah. mid nineties, you know, and we look at it and think, oh, imagine being there, being a part of that scene, you know, not even necessarily being one of the band members, yeah. but just being around those people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: Perfect storm, wasn't
1: it? You know. Oh, definitely. And the thing is, like, imagine just going to like, just pop. It was what, what was the place off the, off the ramp. Cafe Mm. in Seattle. Imagine just like popping down there and just seeing fucking Alice in Chains or Soundgarden or Pearl Jam playing. It's just like, it's mind blowing that that shit happened. That that stuff was actually happening.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah.
1: You know, I I just, I yeah, it's like, it's for me and I, I, I know, I know for you as well. It is just the most perfect time in music history <laughs> because it's just yeah. because of all of that beyond the mu- music beyond the, the lyrics and the songs but it's, it's more it's the spirit it's the spirit of what grunge is and what it means and what, and, and what it represents and everything and it's really and I, I love the story of um, the shy Eddie Vedder so when Eddie Vedder first came to Seattle to, to join Pearl Jam it was very sort of shy very shy mm. on stage didn't really know anyone and apparently one night Chris Cornell took him out um, and took him out and they, went and they went and had loads of beers And they just had a night out And just and just spent time together And got talking and everything um, And then Eddie just came back like a new man Yeah You know, <laughs> Cornell did that for for the band He did it for Eddie And he did it, you know He, he lost Andrew Wood You know, he wanted that yeah. That other sort of companionship With another great, brilliant
0: vocalist Yeah, and another great example Of them supporting each other You know, I mean Pearl Jam wasn't cornell's band he didn't need to do that
1: no not at all no not in yeah. any way at all and even yeah. on like the um on the temple of, temple of the dog record on the song hunger strike he didn't need to he didn't need to ask eddie to come and sing some vocals on it but he yeah. did and what what a gesture what a gesture yeah. hey i don't really know you but um i like you know I'd come and sing on this song yeah, absolutely, and, he, and it's brilliant. And you hear, and you know, Eddie, this is the, that's the first song that Eddie Vedder ever, ever had like a, his voice recorded on. Yeah, and it's just you know, it's just so wonderful when it kicks in, and Eddie's voice just, just comes in.
0: It is a fantastic song, and you know, to hear, and when you hear Cornell doing the backing uh, oh. backing vocals as well in the background. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I said, I was listening to it earlier and, and um, Say Hello to Heaven, and oh. obviously. Uh, and, and by the way, the, the name Temple of the Dog comes from uh, a line in um, yeah. is it Man of Golden Words, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Mother Love Bone song, yeah. Man of Golden Words. In
1: the Temple of the Dog, yeah. Living in
0: the Temple of the Dog, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I mean, okay so we've talked a lot now about
1: that was the intro <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you're still with us then god bless you <laughs> because uh yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> settle, in. settle in.
1: i don't feel like we've even started <laughs>
0: no, that's it i honestly feel like that was the intro um, but yeah, so, so we've, you know, we've talked a lot about the formation of the bands and the sort of the history of, of the movement itself. Um, now, partly that is because I think me and you personally won't have that many personal memories of, of the time itself, of the movement itself at that time if you understand what I mean.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, we were what,
0: five, six? Five, six, yeah. I mean, I've spoken in previous episodes about my sister's influence on me, yeah. and that's true. And I remember, you know, I do have memories at the time of um, of seeing the, the music video to Black Hole Sun, for example. Yeah. And that, you know, I mean, that's such a, such a unique video. That's something that will stick in your mind, you know. Um, I remember—I uh, think I spoke on a previous episode about um, uh, my dad's mate pretending to throw the Nirvana cassette out the window, and me and my sister were having a heart attack about it. Uh, because,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, because we had Nirvana, uh, nevermind on cassette—and yeah, we yeah. asked him to put it in, and uh, and he was like, "What's this rubbish?" and didn't have to <laughs> chuck it out the window, um, and then i remember having pretty noose on cd yeah. uh we we my sister bought the the single and uh it was yeah it was pretty noose and i'm pretty sure it was burden in my hand on the, uh, yeah, on the b probably, side yeah. yeah i'm pretty sure that was it um, and uh yeah so these are these are my like you know very limited personal memories of it at the time but to me at the time being basically a kid well I was I was a kid you know um they were just sort of rock bands you know it wasn't something that I was you know when you're that age you're not thinking about fitting into a scene or dressing a certain way or or whatever you know you're just listening to the music yeah. that's that's all it is It's music and i said like you know before i'd be listening to black hole sun and then the next song i might put on might be like you know really like my fire if i take that <laughs> <laughs> something like that <laughs> because i was a kid and you know i just liked the music that i liked and it didn't matter <laughs> <Yeah>. what, <laughs> what genre I, it was or
1: yeah you know I, um, but God, it, it, it's funny, is it when you sort of realise what that kind of music is? Um, when did you realise? When did you re- when did you start to really sort of go? This is my music. I found my people. This is. My- I can tell you yeah.
0: that <laughs> it would have been probably when I was about fourteen. Okay. And a, a kid at school had suggested that we make. Because uh, we we realised that we were both in the same into the same sort of music, and uh, that we make um, a mixtape, <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. a cassette. <laughs> but um, so it was like, oh yeah, you like this type of music. I like this type of music. Let's. Um, I'll take the cassette, and he did the A side, and then he gave yeah. it to me, and I did oh, the nice. B side. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, like I say, we just recorded certain songs yeah. onto it, and. That was when I... Because I think up to that point, I might have known one or two kids that were into that similar sort of music, but not very many. Yeah. Most kids seem to be either into pop or or rap and hip-hop yeah, and, and yeah. things like that. And I didn't have seem to have a lot of people around me who were into rock music in general. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And yeah, probably doing that, doing that tape was uh, one of the first times that I thought to myself, oh, I am, you know, I fit into this category.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Isn't How about it? yourself? Um, to be honest, it was, it was, it, uh, it was, it was you. It was you and, and, and people like Thomas, um, who mm. we went to college with that got me really into grunge because before, so we met, obviously we knew each other when we were kids at scouts when we were like seven or something. Mm. But then we didn't see each other before how many years at school um, and then reconnected at sixth form college. So I was about 16 before then it was all, you know, it was Limp Biscuit, Lincoln Park, Blink 182, Green Day, all stuff like that. And then I remember, I remember you saying how you were talking about Pearl Jam. Um, And I, sorry to bring this out I remember your ex-girlfriend had your copy of 10 for a long period of time and you're like She's still, oh yeah you still fucking got it <laughs> and you were like as soon as I get it back you can you can listen to it and I remember you as soon as you got it back you did you gave it to me um, and yeah. then I kept it for about a year <laughs> so um, I remember you used have it in your house for about a year or two but I, I actually listen-
0: don't know where it is now so
1: <laughs> you know what I've got two copies over there I think one of them might be yours <laughs> 20 years later,
0: um, I still got your Grange Hill CD, so we're even.
1: Oh fuck! All right, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to bridge and we'll stop sort of halfway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember you giving me ten, Pearl Jam's ten, and I mm. remember going home and just going, "Fuck, this is incredible!" Mm. Like, but I felt like I'd listened to it. I felt like I knew it. I felt like I'd like i was like i know this i know this song i know this band
0: yeah but you probably would have heard the songs yeah you probably.
1: Know, yeah yeah they would have just sort of been maybe on mtv or two or something i don't know or Kerrang or something but i mm. never really took much notice and i was yeah. like fuck i love this this is incredible and Ten's just so fucking it's just the most incredible album it is, like, yeah then you get to black and you're like oh my god what the fuck is this this is amazing yeah um so, you, so, I was really getting into Pearl Jam at that point. Um, and then I remember we used to go to our friend Thomas's house quite a lot. Um, mm. And Thomas was really into Alice in Chains. Yeah. Um, and I remember he gave me a copy of his. I remember being in Camden with you, and you bought a copy of Dirt, mm. you bought a copy of Alice in Chains Dirt. And then I remember he gave me a copy of Dirt to listen to. Um, and I remember coming back from Thomas's one day, hanging out on my ass. Like, mm. every time we left Thomas. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Just cutting me out of my ass, And I remember it being such a hot day. And I think I was going to meet you a couple of hours later. And I remember sitting on the little grass area near where I live. um, Just, just dying from this terrible hangover. Well, <laughs> um, it's sweating my bollocks off because it was just so fucking hot as well. But just sitting outside and just listening to Dirt and going, this is unbelievable. This is unreal. Yeah. So... Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, and then I started getting into, then, then, then I borrowed Thomas's iPod whilst he was in class one day and just listened to Soundgarden, Super Unknown, and was like,
0: "Yeah,
1: this is, you know, just slowly getting into all these bands. And I remember being at Thomas's one night and he forced us to, watch, and when I say forced, he forced us.
0: Literally, <laughs> yeah.
1: Thomas is probably listening to this episode right now. <laughs> forced us to watch the film Singles, where, yeah. made by Cameron Crowe, which features a lot of the grunge bands set in Seattle. Mm. Um, But I remember we kept talking on purpose to wind him up (laughs) and he kept stopping and going. shush, watch this bit. And And actually from what I remember, we didn't, we never actually watched the films. He just kept showing us all the clips when the band was in it.
0: Yeah. I think you're right there. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, But it just, my vague memories, it all just started coming together when I was about 16 through you, Thomas, you know, you know, our friend Stefano, who was into that stuff as well. And it just, it was like, wow it just it all just started coming together and i was like this is my this is my music this is this yeah. is what it is and and it, and it and it always has been and it and it never and it, you know you, you go through phases where you might go and listen to a different style for a little bit but i yeah. I, I know at 34 years old that i will always keep coming back to this this is oh saying, yeah this is our go-to this is most certainly my go-to kind of music
0: exactly yeah, yeah um, yeah that's the thing like you say you yeah. go through different phases with music but the these bands, the grunge bands, if you want to call them that, have always been there, and they always will.
1: Yeah, always, 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 and it's just, it's, yeah. And and then you start obviously, then you go further, don't you? You go, you go and start looking into all the other bands. You're looking to Temple of the Dog. You're looking to Mother Love Bone. You're looking to mm. Mad Season, and not you know, Screaming Trees, and just all mm. these other bands. And you're like, God, this movement was unreal. It was just, it was something else, and. Like I say, when I say to people, I listen to grunge music, they have su- all, straight away, they have an idea of what it is. And I'm like, yeah. you have no idea what it is. <laughs> you no, have no clue. No. Unless you know, unless you know, yeah. you know, but but a lot of people don't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was about 16 for me when I, when I just, when the grunge door opened.
0: Yeah. Very quickly. I just remembered, uh, as you're talking about that, um, being on the, the number 25 bus on my way home from a night out one night yeah. and uh, hearing a guy on his, uh, on his headphones and I could yeah. hear he was listening to super unknown. And uh, I, can't remember, yeah. I can't remember which uh, song it was, Yeah, but I had to stop him and I had to say like, you know, because the thing is, is uh, I, again, you know, if you grew up in Seattle or even in America at that time, at yeah. that specific time, you know, okay, if you heard somebody listening to that music, it's not a surprise. No, it's not but a surprise. in London, in like the early 2000s, when grunges, you know, in inverted commas, dead, yeah, yeah, yeah. To hear somebody listening to Super Unknown on the bus, yeah. it's such a sort of random occurrence, you know. To, yeah, yeah. So I had to, like, you know, stop him and just say, like, you know, well done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you do. You want to say well done to people because you're like, yeah. you're like, you know, you get it. You understand it. You understand it. Like, exactly, I yeah. it's like, you yeah. don't, it's not like, it's like, oh, you know, you listen to someone listening to a bit of Green Day. You're like, well, of course you're listening to Green Day. Or you listen to yeah. Nirvana. It's like, well, of course you're listening to Nirvana. Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to Soundgarden. Like, I'm yet to ever, I went to a grunge night. It was a night in Camden earlier this year. Uh, sorry, earlier this year, earlier last year, just before the pandemic, before, um, before the first lockdown. Mm. And it was called um, Smells Like Grunge or something like that. Yeah. Um, or it was, it was something like that. Actually, that's what we're going to call this episode. <laughs> 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 but, um, no such a
0: typical. That. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah.
1: it was some sort of grunge night. And the majority of the night wasn't actually grunge music.
0: No, it, it wouldn't be. It wasn't be, at all.
1: It? it was Linkin Park and it was Cole. Yeah. And, all that. yeah. and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But it wasn't, and then, the, and then every now and again he put on something like Rooster, and it was only me and maybe one other person
0: singing. I didn't even knew what it was. So yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. I'm like, you, like, this isn't a grunge night. Like you can call it grunge, but it's not actually a grunge night. Um, but I, yeah, just just all of that. I remember one one memory I do have was you and our friend Richard, Richard Wiggly came. Came came here one night. I can't remember why. I can't remember why I wasn't out with you both, but you ended up coming back here. A
0: lot of the things that we did in those days, uh, <laughs> I struggled to to remember the reasons, or if there was one.
1: So that's it. There was never a bloody reason. But I remember yeah. you and Richard came over one night, and we put on Alice in Chains Unplugged in the living room because Richard was given the video. <laughs> um, <laughs> By Thomas, because they were going to sing it in their band, they were going to sing the song Nutshell. And they Nutshell were the yeah, yeah. I,
0: remember. I remember, and I
1: remember we just sat and watched. I think we watched a
0: bunch of tour videos as well. I think um, I played the bass for the no, wasn't it Thomas's uh media project?
1: Said, yes, it might have been that.
0: And he asked oh, no, me to my
1: media project. Me oh, was Jamie, that you? Yeah, me and Jamie asked you to play. Well, bass you did Nutshell. I, we did Nutshell originally, and then the, the tape got completely eaten, so we had to make the video again. And then you and me did a, um, a
0: Stone Temple Pilots one. Oh wow. I uh, I was in so many people's videos around that time.
1: you were in everyone's Nothing. fucking video. <laughs> everyone's video. What what
0: did that, what did that teacher say? He said <laughs> without you being in it. Mr. Crean was No, that was um Mr. Marsh. No, no. I think that was Mr. Marsh, yeah, who said yeah. that. But then there was another day when I was in—I was actually sitting in the classroom, yeah. and, and Mr. Green came up to me and said, "James, I haven't seen any of your coursework yet." <laughs> and I was like, "That's because I'm not in this class."
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're always fucking there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was—I think it might be Mr. Creed or Mr. Marsh, where he said, "He said, James, must I watch? <laughs> must I watch?" Um, uh, or was it must I watch a video where you, where you must you be in every every video every music video every film
0: <laughs> I think I was the only kid with a bass guitar I think that's, that's what it was
1: who has got a bass <laughs> yeah. um, oh god but this is so it's you know all those little all those little I think that's what it is with grunge music as well for me
0: oh wasn't it Mr Higgins Mr Higgins that was it I yeah think it might have been Mr Higgins
1: you're in every bloody video uh, <laughs> here he comes with his bass um, <laughs>
0: Oh well, no, we won't say that. No, I oh, thinking, you think about the time. when, in... yeah, because <laughs> 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 I forgot my bass, and, and that was for it was they were doing um, Nickelback, I think they were doing How You Remind Me, yeah. and I was supposed to bring my bass in, and I forgot, <laughs> and uh, yeah, she cried. <laughs> And I had to go home and get oh, it. You
1: went home. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I probably missed a lesson.
1: <laughs> you missed a lesson, so you can go and get a bass to be in someone's music video. So, <laughs> that That's
0: record. the kind of guy I am, you know. Ooh, I God. care more about other people's work <laughs> than mine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there when, when she when she was crying in your face. I can totally imagine your face just being like,
0: oh God. Uh, <laughs> It's a long way home. To it be was. Fair. <laughs> Mate, it was
1: like an hour, 45 minutes back, 45 minutes yeah, there. Exactly. That's an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but no, like, like for me, like not only do I love that period of music and I love what it all represents and everything else, but for me, it just reminds me of being 16, 16, 17, just finding the music that I'm like, yeah, that is my fucking music. And just having a great time with, with you and everyone else. It was just, just a really brilliant, brilliant. I think like, you know, that music, you know, when people say those were the, sa- you know, that's the soundtrack of our, of oh, our yes. life. Or whatever. Yeah, for me, grunge music is—it's the soundtrack of my life. It really is. Yeah, those, those years.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, the only thing is, it does still niggle at me that I wasn't old enough to enjoy it at the time yeah. No, properly. Yeah, you know that I wasn't able to go to the concerts, and yeah. I mean. I th- was it. I sent I think I sent to you uh, the other day um, a screenshot of the lineup for the Reading Festival 1995. Oh god, yeah, so good. And I mean, my god, I mean Sunday alone, there was Soundgarden, yeah. Mudhoney, Tad, No Effects, Pennywise,
1: new young headlines.
0: Yeah, you've got um Silverchair were there who, they must have been about 10 at the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on Friday you've got Smashing Pumpkins, Hole, you know, Green Day. <sighs> uh, like Saturday wasn't so good. but Oh, <laughs> Foo Fighters were on the Melody Maker stage on Saturday. <laughs> but um, other than that... Oh,
1: God. I mean, we'll,
0: we'll, regarding Smashing Pumpkins,
1: we'll, we'll do a whole episode on Smashing Pumpkins. But it's so funny because they get... Just to touch on it, they always get thrown into the into the mix of grunge. And whilst yes. I kind of like, yeah, I get it. Like, you know, yeah, just throw them in there. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they're so... They're, they're, I mean, they're something else, aren't they? Like, they're completely kind of... There's own.
0: bands that are sort of around the around the edges yeah. that don't quite fit in, but you don't know where else to put them. Like yeah, you just put you them know.
1: as alternative rock or something. And, yeah, that yeah. First
0: Smashing Pumpkins' album Gish.
1: It's very, it's quite psychedelic. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of that, but it's but regarding like the grunge voice or the grunge sound or whatever, there's a lot of post grunge bands like. Bush, who were who a great band, um, yeah. but then you go a bit further down the line and you get Puddle of Mud, Nickelback, all yeah. that kind of stuff, and it really pisses me off when people try to go, "Oh yeah, oh you like Nickelback?" I'm like, No, I don't. No, I do not. <laughs> and I remember playing. I played a Jerry Cantrell. Um, I was in. I was working on this on this job, and whilst we were in in, in the changing rooms, I was. I, I had some music playing. I played. I was playing Jerry Cantrell's solo album. Um, mm. You know, it's very it's very Cantrell, it's very Alison Chainsy, the music, his voice, all of it. And I turned it off because we were about to go and do our job. And one of the guys that I was working with just went, This is how you remind me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Don't you <laughs> fucking dare compare Nickelback and Jerry Cantrell. See, that's just so, willful wilful
0: ignorance, isn't it?
1: Pure and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pure fucking ignorance. And if you're listening, I don't care. I was very offended. Uh you know who you are. <laughs> I was and like, your
0: head in shame.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was like, don't. Just bloody don't. <laughs> and it's like I've done things before where I've played things like, oh yeah, I've listened to this Pearl Jam song on this Pearl Jam album. And they're like, oh yeah, it's amazing. Oh, do you know who he sounds like? He sounds like um it sounds like Creed.
0: I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I do like a bit of Creed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: But that's the thing, that you know, I mean, there were bands before and there were bands after and there were bands even at the time yeah. that that didn't quite fit. But then again, you know, some of the bands that we call grunge, I mean even, you know, Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains very different sounds, oh, really. different. Yeah, completely. You know, and and they're two of the the three bands that we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it is a difficult one, and um, it is, you know, and and the thing is, is I think, you know, not to say not to say that you had to be a Seattle band to be a grunge band. No, but that was obviously where it was at, wasn't it? That was the epicenter. Yeah. Of yeah, the yeah. of the movement, and you know. Because all those guys knew each other so well and you know, collaborated with each other on various projects and and even lived with each other and, and things yeah. like that. It's those these three bands that we're talking about today are probably the easiest to, to sort of lump together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because they as we said before, they supported each other, they worked with each other, yeah. they they were just like they Obviously, you know there's that you know the Big Four. When we when we refer to the Big Four, we refer to Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden. Hmm. It felt like, as you say, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam had this sort of connection, this brotherhood, and the were kind of the the ones on the outskirts. Yeah, they were on, on the on the outside. They weren't they weren't quite they weren't part of that sort of I'll say click, but that's essentially what it kind of was.
0: Yeah. Uh, there was some, I think there was some friction at one point, wasn't there with Pearl Jam or, or
1: Yeah, something. like it's, it's, it was, was it, it was, it was Kurt Cobain, you know, I'll always stand up for Pearl Jam, but I think Kurt was kind of very sort of, was just saying some shitty sort of comments about, about Eddie Vedder and about Pearl yeah. Jam. Yeah. That's
0: I really a, yeah. Like, I
1: don't really like their band and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think it was more of a media thing as well. Cause it, you know, in the same way, like Oasis and Blur, I think they were yeah. also just trying to rev it all up and that's yeah. sort of competition. Um. Yeah. It's just, you I know believe
0: what? that did get ironed out eventually as well, didn't it? Yeah,
1: it did. I think they had, lo- they had like a little dance, didn't they? A slow dance. That's
0: right, yeah, that's yeah. right.
1: I've already warned a few people about this. I said, oh, they're doing the podcast with Grizz. They're like, oh, which what is it? What, what, what podcast? I said, oh, Grunge Part One. They're like, part one? I was like... Oh, oh yes. We've got a lot to
0: say. <laughs> We've got a lot to say. Mate, I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface I don't on... Know. On these three, never mind anything <laughs> else.
1: Not at all. I don't think we've even started. Um, no. I mean, we could talk about. I mean, let's talk about the Unplug series. So, yeah, MTV did a, an Unplug series in the '90s. You know, the most famous one being the Varner's Unplug session. Of course. Um, but we'll talk about that next time, part two. Yeah. Uh, but two other bands, well, three other bands, did an incredible Unplug session. Stone Temple Pilots mm-hmm. which I think we'll cover in, in another session because yeah. uh, they are a band that do not get what they deserve they do no. not they're completely under. Uh, the, I think one of the most underrated bands ever uh, Scott I, as far as I'm concerned it's not the top four or the big four it's the big five yeah um, <clears throat> picturing Scott in his rocking chair now. yeah exactly oh god <laughs> that on in his rocking chair it's just unbelievable <laughs> but there were two other bands that absolutely just smashed the Unplug sessions and that was that with pearl jam and um and alice in chains mm. alice chains mm. i think personally is my favorite of the unplugged sessions um but pearl jam just fucking smashed it out of the park as well
0: i had the um the album of uh, pearl jams unplugged oh, session. Nice. yeah and there's a couple of songs on it where i think they actually do it better you know than than the original yeah. like recorded yeah 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 or or when you hear um, you know yeah. um Ouch. yes yes um i love the the unplugged version of state of love and trust
1: oh yeah just
0: yeah. fantastic and uh black as well he sings this he adds uh, a little bit into black which yeah, is beautiful yeah, yeah. which i don't know why he didn't add into the yeah into the album track to be honest because it's absolutely beautiful when he's right at the end where he's saying we belong together yeah
1: we belong together
0: yeah
1: yeah Yeah. oh it's 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 it's, it's so it's pearl jam like really fucking go for it don't they like yeah i mean when you watch pearl jams early gigs i mean when you watch them now they play for three sometimes four hours their their home show was four hours long um And that's amazing and incredible. And they're an incredible... They've become the most incredible arena band and, and touring band and everything. Uh, but you watch those early gigs. If you if you go on YouTube now and you watch their live gig at Pink Pop 1992, their yeah. fucking energy is unreal. Like, they are, they're just... I mean, Eddie's climbing... The bloody <laughs> like, as he always did, like climbing the bloody the lighting rig and everything. You're like, he's okay, he's gonna die. Like he's actually gonna die. Um, and I think I think like Jeff or, or, or I was or,
0: gonna say, yeah, one yeah, of them actually.
1: They were like, oh great, we've lost one lead singer. We don't need to lose another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like, so you've got, but even on that unplugged session, like they don't fucking hold back. Like they, I mean, I'm not I mean, to be fair. Alice and James are pretty, they're pretty tame in there with regards to like the energy. They kind of. Well, mm. Pearl Jam just go for it don't they
0: yeah absolutely yeah, yeah they like do. yeah sorry what you going to say
1: no I was going to say yeah no no they do, they do they absolutely go for it but like with, oh yeah with Alice in Chains it's like with the Alice in Chains unplugged um, it re- because they're such a, a, a almost like a very I mean they're probably the heaviest well, they're often described as the heaviest of the grunge bands mm they're really stripped back, and you really yeah. hear the songs, you really hear the harmonies, you hear the melodies and everything else yeah and they' just i mean it's like fuck it's just it's un um it's it's unreal when you actually you strip those stuff back and you, and you, you 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 hear just how amazing those songs actually are. I watched an interview with Jerry Cantrell and he said that doing a young plug session was such a challenge because for them they were like. Okay, here here we're going to be revealed. Here we're going to be exposed. Yeah. The question is, do we actually have a? Under all this noise that we're making, under all this stuff, do we actually have a song? Is there a song in there? Do we actually yeah. have a song in there? And they're like, oh, we do.
0: Um, it's an interesting concept.
1: It is. It's, it's like amongst you know amongst all the effects and the pedals and you know the belt in and the guitar wailing and everything. Do we actually have a song in there? And it's like, yeah, we, we do. And I think some of those um you say like you know you're, you 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 preferred the. Pearl Jam's unplugged session of uh, or unplugged version of um, State of Love and Trust. I think personally that a lot of those Alice in Chains songs are better than the studio recordings.
0: Yeah, I yeah. think
1: the live recording of Nutshell is actually better than the original. Yeah,
0: I would agree with that. Yeah,
1: you know, I think you know, Got Me Wrong, No Excuses. I think No Excuses is a better um, version from the unplugged session than the than the studio. Um, yeah. This, I mean, it's just, and speaking of like, you know, so, sorry, I'm sort of going back slightly to like, you know, band supporting each other and stuff like that. You know, on Alison Chains' um, EP, on the EP Sap, the song um, Right Turn, Cornell features on that. Chris Cornell's on that. Ah, yeah. Vocally, you know, and he doesn't take like a big leading kind of role that he's... Yeah. He's present. He's there. And in, and also in the song Alice Said by Screaming Trees.
0: Mm-hmm. He's,
1: only, he's on like the chorus at the end. And you can just kind of make him out. Yeah. I'm mean, I'm surprised. I know that Soundgarden did they didn't do an unplug session. They did something called Um, I don't know, it was like an MTV kind of um, pl- you know, they plug plug-in loudly, or I don't know, some 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 name. But they yeah. did a session where you know, they perform their stuff.
0: Um, but I think an unplugged session for Garden would have been unbelievable. It would have been, I mean, yeah, of course it would have been. Because, you know, you listen to Chris Cornell's, some of, some of the stuff that he's done, solo stuff. You know, I mean, surely. Why didn't they do it? I don't know. I yeah. wonder why. I mean, like,
1: songs like Fell on Black Days.
0: Or the oh, Death yeah, absolutely.
1: So good with the whole band. Performing acoustically.
0: Fell on Black Days is one of my favourite songs of all time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. It's such a brilliant song. Fantastic song.
1: It is. Sorry, I've... um During the podcast, I, we had to we had to just stop so I can go and grab some food. <laughs> if, if you're wondering what's going on, I'm stuffing your face. <laughs>
0: what are you having?
1: I've got chicken. I've got some sort of sort of um breaded chicken and i've just put lots of peri peri sauce on top <laughs> burning my mouth at the same time um but i'm just um yeah i'm just really hungry so uh grunge makes me hungry <laughs> but, um, yeah i think you know like you know Soundgarden garden unplugged would have been it just it made i'm like, i'm like how and why did we never why did we not get that
0: why did that not happen? Uh, I don't know. There must be a reason. Uh, maybe they just weren't asked to do it. I don't yeah.
1: know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Okay. What's your favourite Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, and Alice in Chains album? And why?
0: I mean, I'm going to be really basic here and just say 10, yep. Dirt, and Super Unknown. And You'd be it's... Right. You'd be right. Yeah, I mean it's a couple of reasons, um, but the main thing is they are the ones that were sort of that were big when I was a kid, when my sister was listening to that type of music, and they're the ones that I'm there for. I, I don't know. It's a sort of comfort blanket, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I can appreciate the other albums. But those are the ones that if I f- if I want to listen to a Pearl Jam song, it will nine times out of ten it will be from Ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or Alice in Chains, it will be from Dirt. Soundgarden, it will be from Super Unknown. Yeah, you know. Um, it, was, it, was, it I mean, no. I, I completely agree, and
1: I I'd, I'd pick the same three. Mm. It was when and the it was when the bands it was at their their peak there. Yeah, even though it was even though it was Pearl Jam's first
0: album. <laughs> <laughs> their first album, it probably still was their peak. I mean, Versus is a great album, by the way, absolutely oh, yeah. fantastic album. I love it anyway. Um, but uh but it doesn't quite, in my mind, match up to ten. And you know, the same with Bad Motorfinger and Super Unknown. Yep. You know, again, in my mind, they don't quite match up
1: yeah yeah they kind of like with Soundgarden. garden you can sort of see how they would get into super unknown like you listen to like um you know earlier albums You listen to bad motorfinger and it's kind of like bad motorfinger is much heavier it's a much heavier yeah. album and then you listen to super unknown it's it's <clears throat> The songs are clearer. It's like that thing I was just saying about Alice in Chains saying, do we have a song? And under all of the, the effects and the noise is, do we have a yeah. song? And it feels like with super unknown. They are just, the, the album's just filled with songs, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And then you listen to their next album, um, Down on the Upside, and it's kind of like an extension of Super Unknown. Yeah. It doesn't quite have the same power or, or rawness as a super unknown in a way it's like super yeah. it's like the perfect combination of bad motor finger and down on the upside and also being its own thing as well yes and there's this
0: i totally agree there's this brilliant
1: brilliant um and yeah and to be fair Alison Chain's is exactly the same with dirt you know facelift which came before the ep's you know sort of bookending it all and and um their self-titled album um uh, is the one that sort of just epitomises who Alice in Chains are. Yeah. You, so basically, if you were going to give an album to, to anyone to say, okay, if someone said to you, oh, give me one Soundgarden album, one Pearl Jam, one Alice in
0: Chains, these, were, these are
1: the three albums you'd give.
0: Yeah, definitely for me, yeah.
1: Yeah, and likewise, yeah. for me as well. There's this brilliant, I watched this brilliant interview once with um, Dave Grohl, and he was saying how when he first listened to Super Unknown, um, sorry, not Super Unknown, when he first listened to Black Hole Sun, he said, we've all been out. He said, we were all out there trying to write a Beatles song. Like we're all trying to write that song, which has such a great melody and it's yeah. so catchy. And it's just, it's just a fucking brilliant song. He said, and then we listened to black hole sun and we were like,
0: holy fuck. They did it. <laughs> they did it. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. actually did it. Black hole sun. Um, you know, there was, there was a, um, a, a thing on a Facebook group recently, a grunge, like Facebook group. That, that asked, what is your favourite um, Soundgarden lyric? And still, no matter how many songs they do, they, they've done. And, you know, you could say, oh, this song's better than Black Hole Sun, this song's better than Black Because Black Hole Sun is their sort of, their hit, you know, th- it's their Smells Like Teen Spirit, isn't it? You know, it's, th- yeah, it's their sort of big one. Yeah. Um, but still, I don't care what anybody says. One of my favourite lyrics from any song, And definitely from Soundgarden is um, in Black Hole Sun when he says, um, "Hang my head, drown my fear, till you all just disappear." Yeah, just absolutely love that. Absolutely love that lyric.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, they were all great lyricists, but I think Cornell definitely had something.
0: Yes, yes. So, what about specific songs then? Okay, so we've spoken. It doesn't have to be from those albums. Yeah. But what's your favourite? Alice in Chain song, Sam Garden song, Pearl Jam song.
1: Okay. I mean, Alice in Chain song, like without doubt, it's Nutshell. I Mm. think Nutshell is the most, I think one of the most beautiful songs ever written. I think it's absolutely stunning. But I'm going to put Nutshell to the side because, um, and not put it to the side, it's it's my choice. It's definitely my choice. But I, I, I always speak about Nutshell. And I think I have quite a bit in this podcast alone. So it's okay.
0: Right. This is a safe space, Steve. This is if you're going to talk about nutshell. Now is the time to do it. And it's probably only you and me listening anyway by now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but if if it, like beyond nutshell, because I'm always talking about nutshell. Um, you know, there are so many like fucking got me wrong, oh, no yeah. uses down in a hole, yeah, um, rooster. But I think it would have to be wood.
0: Mm-hmm. Another yeah, wood is definitely you know, up there.
1: Another tribute to Andrew Woods of, mm-hmm. uh, of Mother Love Bone. But mm-hmm. Wood was just such a... Wood was one of the first songs that I listened to by Lesson Changes that really got me yeah. into it. And I was just what like... chorus. Yeah, I mean, the most incredible chorus and just the most amazing outro.
2: Yeah. By yeah.
1: Wood Could You. And the way he just sort of belts it and punches yeah. it with the band is just like, <laughs> wow, what, what a way to fucking end the song. Yeah. Um, and then regarding Soundgarden... Um, I oh uh, I mean that whole super unknown album is just fucking superb, um, but I think my favorite Soundgarden song is actually
0: Outshined from Oh yeah from Bad, Bad Motorfinger Finger, yeah Outshined is a fantastic song yeah no oh, doubt about
1: it it's just like the most amazing bloody chorus as well like it's just yeah so
0: it's
1: just it's so good um and, I mean bear in mind this isn't this is. A pretty impossible question you're asking me here, Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you're welcome. Thank you. Um, but Pearl Jam. Um, I mean, who, I mean, Black's just. I mean, Black's Black. Yeah. Black is like one of the best songs in my opinion ever. Uh, yeah. I absolutely adore Dissident. Um, oh yeah. Which is just like the best opening to a song That and Oh yeah Farm By Dinosaur Junior
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yes
1: <laughs> Which if you haven't listened Go and listen It is the most epic opening
0: It really is
1: oh, I remember you texting me I was like Listen to this This is the best <laughs> thing <you've ever> hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, But Oh god I mean I fucking hell I mean I love, I love release I think release is stunning
0: it's a beautiful song, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: I love Porch. Like, I'm, basically, I'm not going to answer you with one. One.
0: <laughs> <But> <laughs> well, funnily I'll, enough...
1: I'll be, I'll be, yeah, I'll be impressed.
0: Funnily enough, I mean, it is difficult with all three bands. But I, I think with Soundgarden, I can say Fell on Black Days is my favourite yep. of theirs. Yeah. I can say that. It, 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 there's just something about it that just elevates it that little bit more. Uh, than the rest of them With Alice in Chains like I say Heaven Beside You has really Really grown on me recently I'm yeah, yeah. um, not saying necessarily That's my favourite By them of all time but At this particular moment
1: yeah. That's
0: the one that's uh, that's uh, Really grown on me um, yeah. But funnily enough Pearl Jam is the one I'm struggling with To, to pick one song yeah. By them and say Definitely that is my favorite yeah um black is definitely up there i, I mean i love jeremy i, I know Jeremy's it's
1: amazing.
0: it's basic but i love jeremy no,
1: jeremy fucking, i mean that bass line alone and but again like regarding outros the way that ends the way the bass is like
0: <laughs> do you remember when we played uh the, <laughs> the cartoon you know uh, we had a band called T Bagani. Yeah, and we were like in between songs and I was just messing about on on my bass and started playing the intro to Jeremy. And this one guy right at the back <laughs> in the crowd went, yeah! <laughs> it like, started getting all excited because we thought we were going to play Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I had to apologise to him because oh, nobody yeah, else yeah. in the band knew, knew how to play it.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. You're like, no, no, the next song is way worse. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, if you oh, think oh. we're playing Jeremy, you are in for a shock. <laughs>
1: you are going to hate us um oh god imagine if it was our other band
2: oh god <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's hard it's really hard i mean it's like you know the same question could be you know if you uh, who would you if someone asked you to to give you one yeah you know, to, to get them into pearl jam to get them into Soundgarden, and ellis chains which song would you pick yeah um it's still a really hard question. Like, it depends kind of what they want. If they're into heavy stuff, yes, like, exactly. I'll give them something like um, "Man in a Box" or something. Oh if yeah. If it's like a bit more accessible, I might do something like "Got Me Wrong" or or, or "or Brother" or "or Even Heaven Beside You" or something like that. Yeah. So it is kind of it's, when I made that list of twenty accessible grunge songs for my friends, I, um, I sort of, I definitely sort of thought, I, I definitely gave them. I didn't I didn't give him any really, really heavy ones. Yeah. Um, but all the ones that I gave him, I was like, these are fucking great. Like these are <laughs> these are so basic. You
0: impressed yourself.
1: I did. I really I you know, I gave him a a good list of 20 songs that I then just sat and listened to. <laughs> I was like, this is this is a brilliant, brilliant playlist, which I'm really pleased. Yeah. A mixtape that I've made for myself. I mean, let's talk about Mad Season. So Mad Season was the super group with Dane Staley from Alice in Chains um, Mm. as frontman. We had a bit of uh, Mark Lanigan doing vocals on some of the songs from Screaming Trees, Um, and uh, Mike McCready from Pearl Jam on guitar.
0: Mm -hmm. And as we mentioned, um, I still can't remember his name, the bassist. I remembered it earlier, (laughs) and now forgot. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) I always forget. Yeah, the bassist and 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 the drummer. Was the drummer from Screaming Trees?
0: The drummer was from Screaming Trees. Oh, dearie me. Okay. Anyway, go
1: on. <laughs> I remember I know, Brad, Brett, Brett, Um. but I, um. I think if there was one song that I think.
0: John Baker Saunders. John Baker
1: Saunders. That's it. Yeah. Um, if I if, the, I, if there was one song that summed up grunge or summed up that kind of scene, the way that I feel about it and the way that I connect to it. Um, and some summed up that sort of sound. I think it's mad season song, um, River of the Sea.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I think yeah. it's just the way it opens, the way it closes, so Mike McCready's guitar part, Lane's vocals it's just it's just so fucking nineties, it's so grunge and it's just it's it's haunting and it's beautiful and it's uplifting and it's just it's everything that I love about that or you know, this movement, this style of, of music. Um, Yeah, yeah. It's my. I would go so far as to say that "River of the Sea" is possibly my favourite song of
0: all time. Really? Wow. That is a big. That is a big claim.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's. It's. Yeah. I honestly. I I would say it's possibly my favourite song of all time for those reasons that it. It just. It epitomises. It just. it, It just. It has everything that I love about this music. This scene in that one song.
0: I mean, what an album! And again, so frustrating that that's all we've got. You know, that's it—just the one, just one album. Yeah. And um, and what could have been? Again, you know, you look at that and you, you listen to that album, yeah. and you just think, Sigh. so frustrating. Yeah. That that we never got any more of it.
1: No, I mean, on the on the. Have you listened to the three? unreleased previously unreleased songs and it's mark Lanigan doing the
0: vocals on them no i don't believe i have
1: oh right i'm gonna send them to you after this
0: please do yeah
1: they are just it's like they're just so so if there, there were three songs that weren't released or three songs that um i think two of them had no vocals to uh so mark Lanigan did vocals for them like right in the last 10 years or so um and they're just stunning. Like, they're just, like, it just shows you where it probably would have gone with a second album. Um, yeah. And it's just, yeah, Mad Season is just like, I mean, what a band. What a band.
0: I mean, Long Gone Day, what a yeah. song that is. Yeah. What a song. I don't know anything. You know, you said River of Deceit.
1: Yeah. Um, alone. Wake Up, Alone. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, what's the, what's the, um, yeah, I yeah. It's just like it's. It just. I think it just captures that whole scene in one band in one album, much like I yeah. think Temple of the Dog does. I think the Temple of the Dog album completely epitomizes that scene.
0: Yes, agreed. And I mean, it makes sense really because both of them being supergroups, you know, it it does. It's it's yeah. a it's uh amalgamation of yeah. of. All of the major players of of yeah. that scene. Yeah, I'm
1: you above. Know. That's what I was thinking. The song. That's I, the one. Yeah, oh, what a song? What a song? I literally had to just sing it in my head to get to the loop. I was like, "That's the <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. just, ah, oh, man. It's just like this. This is what the time machine was for—to go back to this period in time to yeah. watch bands, yeah. to listen to this music.
0: The, I mean honestly people you know when they, when they talk about if I had a time machine if I could go back in time yeah, yeah. to one period this is the period I would choose <laughs> even though I was even though I was alive mm-hmm. uh, because I feel like I, I was just sort of it's so frustrating it's just that, that out of reach that yeah. I was around but I wasn't old enough to properly enjoy it and i wasn't in the right place at the right time you know if i could go back to any period in in history i'd love to go back to seattle in the mid 80s to mid 90s and just be around it like i say not even not even necessarily be in one of the bands just be around that that scene
1: that's it just go you know just pop down to one of the the venues and watch yeah. Oh an Alice in Chains player gig. What's You know, just, just as you say, just be in that scene and just be there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's just, you know, you use the word earlier on, comforting. It's just, it's just pure comfort. And that's that's how I see it. When I want to just sort of, I just want some comfort and I just want to chill out and just I just want to just feel that, that, that sense of just, you know, um of as you say, of comfort. This is this is my go-to. This is what I do. Yeah. I was just saying put this music on. Like it's just there's just something about it that I you know, when you're when you're sixteen, seventeen, like, you know, people do. They think, oh yeah, you know, you grow out of this phase. You'll grow out of your blink yeah. one eight two phase. And I, I firmly have grown out of my Blink182 phase. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. I've grown out of lots of <laughs> lots of music, but yeah. not this. No, and I don't foresee
1: us ever growing up. I mean, we you know, we've been listening to it for, you know, nearly twenty odd years. Well, for you twenty years. Yeah. Um I don't see. I don't see us growing out of it. Um, So is it? So I think you know we've covered pretty much. We've covered a lot, but I I I know that this conversation (laughs) is going on. on There's a
0: yeah. (laughs) Definitely, definitely, definitely. But we will do more. We will do more episodes on it because I mean, there's so much more to discuss. I mean, we've only we've only scratched the surface on these three bands. You know, um, there's there's plenty of other bands and plenty more to discuss about the the genre and the influence that it had on you know, fashion, culture yep. movies you yeah. know, so the, the, It's funny
1: isn't it, because like when I was growing up I, was a, I mean I still am a huge fan of the film Empire Records and I go. remember watching it when I was about 14 for the first time and just seeing everyone looking a bit you know, grungy, everyone had sort of flannel
0: yeah. you know,
1: yeah. flannel shirts and, and you know, plaid sort of skirts and it was just all very grungy yeah. And it's so funny now, now that I know what it all was and, and everything, and having read a bunch of articles and things like that, it's, it was so... I love Empire Records, and I won't say a bad word about it, because it's, it's, it's definitely one of my top ten films. Um, but it's so... It was so jumping on the grunge bandwagon. Was, yeah it was so capitalizing and and jumping on the let's make some money out of this scene and i
2: yeah. think that's
1: what it was there's a lot of not not to end this in, in any kind of like negative kind of way but it's, it's what you say like it was, it's so much more than for us it's about the music and it's about the people and about the people in that scene but the word grunge just goes so much fir- as you say goes so much further than that like you know you walk down Shoreditch or Camden now, and you see people wearing, I mean, we do, wearing sort of flannel shirts and stuff like that. Yeah. That's, you know, that's where it's all, it's where it all kind of yeah. came from. Like, you know, that's yeah. where it all um, blew up. From. Well,
0: that, that and Lumberjacks.
1: Well, that's it. Well, well, that, well that's where it <laughs> came from with the, with, with, you know, the, grunge, the grunge guys Exactly. It came yeah. from the Lumberjacks. But for us, it came from them. Yeah. And, and it is kind of that. And it's so funny how when I watch 90s films now, love them as I do. I can totally see that the producers are going, We need to put this person in a in a flannel shirt because that's yeah. really in right now. And you can yeah. sort of see you know, now that we're much older, it's like, oh, I can see what, what the producers were doing there. They would jump yeah. the bandwagon. And it Absolutely. was, you know, you said you said it earlier on about it being a movement. It most certainly was a movement. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it killed fucking air metal.
0: <laughs> and uh, good riddance. Thank but you. um <laughs> the thing about it is as well is that it, it's just in that little capsule of time and it's, you know, it, it's sort of in a way what we talked about with the Simpsons, you know, you kind of, you want more of it, but then what it was, was, was perfect. Yeah. And if you had, I mean, if Kurt Cobain had lived, what what direction would we spoken about this before? What direction would he have gone in musically? You don't know. I mean, I tend to get the feeling that he was heading a sort of folksy sort of direction. And, yeah. and so, I mean, it may well have just died out anyway, but it was of its time. And um, it reminds me of, uh, I'm going to quote the mighty Boosh again um, with uh, Howard Moon, when he says he's talking about jazz music and he says, You know, you don't hold on to the moment with jazz. It burns bright like a flame, and then it dies. But that, to me, is is grunge. You know, it did. It burned so brightly for those few years. Yeah. And then, for various reasons, the the flame went out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And but you know, it 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 kind of needed to. Yeah. Yeah. It kind it kind of needed to to. Yeah, but I mean, like I say, to survive, I mean, look at Pearl Jam. The only reason that Pearl Jam is still a band is because, they, they, as you say, they shied away from mainstream media, from making music videos, from doing big interviews and things like that. They're still a touring band. That's it,
0: yeah. Yeah, We were meant to go through it this year. Yes. Well, I'm still hoping we will eventually be able
1: to. For anyone that's still listening... (laughs) In fact, I would put money on we've got at least one listener, and I think it's Dave. I think our friend Dave is probably still listening.
0: Dave, absolutely, you. you are a martyr, my friend.
1: <laughs> I uh, I think Dave is probably has listened to this whole thing. Um, everyone else might have dropped; they may have dropped out. Probably
0: asleep. The,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. After the- <laughs>
0: wake up, it's, wake up, young man. It's, it's time to wake
1: up. <laughs> Oh, well, to all of our listeners, Dave. Um, thank you. I mean, this is I mean, for me personally. This has been an absolute joy to just sit and talk about this.
0: Ah, oh, I can't think of anything I'd rather do. Uh, just quickly, we've got to bring something back we with do. us. We, we do, yeah. Um, and I, I, I've been thinking about this. I've been racking my brains uh, because it's not the easiest uh, thing to bring something back from. But I think I've come up with something pretty good.
1: Okay, would well, you know want, what?
0: Go on. As we're
1: doing this in two parts, you take this one, I'll take the next one.
0: Fine, Um, we'll do that.
1: What are are you bringing back?
0: I would like to bring back Spoon Man's spoons.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Brilliant. Fucking brilliant. What we do,
0: we'll we'll blind him with the paint gun, (laughs) like we did to Macho Man, (laughs) and just quickly nick his spoons
1: quick quick
0: take your spoons, Hikki spoons. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is we've got to do it after Soundgarden make the song because otherwise we won't get spoon Man. so yeah do it right at the end
1: of the song So grab your spoons done great I mean you know spoons always come in handy yeah absolutely he doesn't need a spoon perfect perfect well Mr Grizz that was a wonderful podcast um, oh
0: if okay. we do say so ourselves.
1: Yep, I shall uh I shall be listening back. <laughs> and I'm the crew go with listen us. To... Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> These guys know what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go listen to a load of grunge bands oh, yes. Quote unquote grunge bands. Me Me too. <laughs> Me too. If you'd like to get in touch about anything we've discussed in this episode, please email us at tuckshoptimemachine at aol.com. Also, a big shout out to Kevin McLeod who provided our theme music.
1: That's all for this episode. Tune in next time for some more 90s nostalgia. Party on, Grizz.
0: Party on, Steve.